Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of the Africa Legal Podcast. Now, we're taking a slightly different uh, focus uh, this week, and I'm very excited that we'll be talking with a, a young, a vibrant, and a, a s- somewhat new Nigerian law firm. Uh, the law firm I'm talking about is Allen and Brooks, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by the firm's managing partner, Joshua Daranijo. Now, Joshua is a lawyer and an arbitrator. He holds certificates in marketing and entrepreneurship from the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. And he also has certification in investment and finance in emerging markets and developing economies from the World Bank Group. Now, there is plenty more to say about Joshua, and we will link to his full biography on the Allen and Brooks website. But what I'm really interested today is to dive into his uh, thoughts and his experiences and actually founding his own law firm in, let's face it, a, a not terribly easy period for everyone, including lawyers across the globe. So Joshua, firstly, an absolute pleasure to have you here today. And let, let's dive right into it. Uh, where did this motivation come from to, to found your, your own firm, to go it alone, to do things differently? Where, where did that motivation come from? Thank you so much, Tom. It's great to have the opportunity to be on the show. And I would like to start with saying it wasn't a one person's dream. I brought a group of friends together and we realized that we want to be a part of what is needed in this period. We realized that there is a problem in society and that is the fact that a lot of businesses do not have the necessary support they need to thrive in such a very challenging economy. So the motivation came from seeing a problem that needed solution. The average SME or young business in Nigeria does not survive the first five years. And that's because a lot of times they don't have the right advisory team. They don't have the right law abiding practices, best business practices guiding their policies and business decisions. And that was what we realized we could provide in this market. Be that firm that can guide the young, both the young and the old business through the new and challenging times we find ourselves in as an economy. And Joshua, you know, you talk about guiding clients through these challenging times, but managing your own business, your own law firm is is in itself a, a very difficult thing to have done through the COVID-19 pandemic. So how were you able to navigate the firm through the, 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 the stresses and the strictures of this, this crazy time? And secondly, do you feel that being a young and nimble law firm, you know, one that isn't tied to heavy overhead, such as, you know, office cast technology and staff, do you think that actually benefited how you were able to, to face the COVID-19 challenges? Or, you know, did it did the size of the business come with its own unique challenges that kind of outweighed that? Thank you so much, Tom. That's a very important question. Honestly, we just rode on the wave of the existing chaos known as the COVID-19 pandemic. So what we realized is this is the perfect time to implement what has always been a vision for me. While even working with other 
organizations, I always believe that people don't have to be in a brick and mortar space to effectively work. I have always been an advocate for technological advancement in the workplace. And I had my few rebellious, you know, traits in wanting to miss work a few times just to prove that you can still get the best out of me from the comfort of my home. So it became our system. The first six months of Allen and Brooks running was totally virtual. The world was still in lockdown and we still launched a firm in the midst of the chaos. And we successfully gained our first set of clientele virtually, meetings virtually until the first quarter of 2021, we did not see the need to have physical meetings with clientele. And we had to prove to them that they could still get the best of services. So yes, that that, that, that overhead cost was already reduced with her, us being able to prove that we can and are capable of running a team without the physical presence or the brick and mortar system. Now we have even resulted to an hybrid system where we have some time in the office and most of the other times working from home or wherever you are in the world because we have been able to convince a set of clientele who have seen that deliverables can still be delivered with the best quality even though you haven't met me more than once or twice. That has been the success of Allen & Brooks in the last two years. I really like the idea that, you know, a, uh, a person born in the fires never really feels that hot. You know, if you if you you wouldn't have ever chosen, I think, to have birthed uh, you know your own law firm during a a global pandemic. But what it was able to do was you know align with those feelings of entrepreneurism and um, you know working remotely that you already held, and the the proof of concept was reliant on something as dramatic as a, as a global lockdown so again no one chooses or would choose for it i think to to occur but it was a great showcase for what law firms could look like even in you know nigeria kenya botswana or tanzania and so for one thing i think that has been a great and a very positive uh, learning curve so after having established yourself, you know, after having onboarded customers in a purely remote environment, you're now in this hybrid kind of setup, but you're holding on to some of those, you know, firm and proven beliefs around how you can deliver legal services. So, so what's next? You know, what, what what is it that you've seen that you know the firm needs to grow into and claim market share with regard to? You know, is it certain sectors? Is it certain practice areas? Is it, you know, certain size of business? Illuminate us on what's to come for the firm. Okay. Thank you so much, Tom. So we're, we're a business that, have, that has grown from learning how to enable growth in other businesses. So we definitely are looking at how we can solidify that effort. We're not keen to any particular um, growth sector. So if you're a startup, we're available for you. If you're a well-established business, we're available for you. We have a business right now, one of our strongest clientele. They are 40 years into their business and they still see the need for advisory at their level. They still see the need for consultancy. They still see the need for us to be able to solidify the efforts that they have built over the last 40 years. So we are not just dealing with SMEs and startups. We're dealing with businesses even in the mid-level. We're dealing with businesses even that are conglomerates. And what 
everyone wants to learn at every level they are is the same thing how can we keep the bottom line how can we ensure that we don't we don't lose business how can we ensure that our business keeps growing how can we keep money coming in how can we ensure revenue grows as we're making money we're also making profit that has been the goal of the average business and what we have noticed so far is that some sectors are more inclined to grow exponentially than other sectors and what i mean is technology for example the covid 19 pandemic has proven that if you are in any business and you haven't figured out how to integrate technology you have not succeeded so we are making sure that every business we're involved with we're helping with advisory on technological integration we are not just lawyers we are business survey lawyers and what that comes with is the understanding that we must find a way to make sure no matter your business model we can figure out the kinks figure out the way to eliminate waste increase productivity and most importantly make it easier to do business so we are looking at sectors like technology technology not just for the fintechs or the prop techs who are already clientele of ours but even for the business that is used to a brick and mortar system that needs to advance and evolve into a technological implementative business we also see the place of government regulations whether it's regulatory compliance taxation it's a very broad sector and in this economy the african economy we see that many businesses in times past have not really focused on government regulation and government's influence on their business so we are enforcing and building policies in place in our clientele and the ones to come to ensure they take government regulation seriously whether it's to lobby for better laws whether it's to ensure that we are working with the regulators partnering with the regulators especially for ex for instance the fintech space the fintech space is still a very messy space in the nigerian market and we see how the regulators are trying to you know put regulations in place fintech players are also trying to ensure these regulations do not hinder progress and it's 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 becoming more of a you know you know a, a fight for for, for, for survival, but we see firms positioning themselves to be that player that brings both the regulator and the players, the fintech players to the table and figure out how to, to work in harmony and work to the growth of the sector. So that's where we come in. That's where we as Allen and Brooks want to play in. That's the space, for instance, we want to focus on being able to be effective both to the client and be efficient in our relationship with the regulators. Lastly, the entertainment sector. We know that one of the biggest exports from Nigeria right now in form of services and not goods, as opposed to goods, is the entertainment sector. Whether it's the music industry, whether it's the movie industry and so many other sectors that intertwine with the entertainment sector. We are very big in that sector. We do not take the future of entertainment in Nigeria and Africa as a role for a joke. We see the the, 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 the the potentials that sector has and we see the potential that sector has and we are doing everything possible to ensure that we position our team to be effective advisors and lawyers to the next generation of artists, actors, poets and entertainers. 
Thanks for that, Joshua. And I'm particularly, uh, you know, enamoured with your comments around the creative space in Nigeria. It, it's a kind of fascinating paradox that those industries that are sometimes, at least at the start of their their journeys, the most underfunded and um, underlawyered are actually those that in the long, long term are most in need of things like trademark protection or IP protection, even more importantly. So it's good to hear that there's someone that's going to be looking out for this next generation of, of Nigerian and African creatives, whether it's art or music or literature, who can actually protect them and advise on things like intellectual property, um, uh, and so on. And and secondly, I think it's interesting when you talk about taking those new and older businesses on a technology journey. And what I will say is it's often much more comfortable for a business to entrust the, uh, trust the advice of um, a law firm who has actually walked the walk themselves. You know, if you've seen that this is a lawyer who has done the hard yards, you know, has set up their own business, has relied upon technology to do it themselves, and they are imparting personal experience along with the advice they're giving, that can often be a really, really magical one-two punch when it comes to just how uh, supportive and engaged with and popular that kind of advice becomes. So very, very good stuff to hear indeed, Joshua. Now, a, a little bit of a different Thank tap you. here. It's a question that I like to ask a lot of our guests, and I feel like having gone through the the uh, hot coal walk that you have in setting up your own law firm is going to be particularly interesting. But if you could somehow go back in time and visit yourself at the very start of this journey, um, you know, or even as you graduated law school, knowing what you know now, what would your advice to that younger Joshua be, and why? Wow, what a very, very interesting question, Tom. So if if I was to do that, or if I were to do that, I think the first thing I would tell a younger me is never stop building. You know, it's a it's a version, it's a version of the common saying, never back down, it's a version of the common saying, never stop moving. But I say never stop building for a reason. You see, when you set your mind to start something, it comes down to you have to count the cost, you know. You make that decision. You want to you want to set blocks in place and start an edifice, but never stop building. As long as there's already a vision, before you you started building, you saw the edifice in your mind. You have maybe like like a visual architectural design. So it means you already know what you want to build. Never stop building. Don't stop for a moment and think. You know what? Let me let me let me let me think over it, or let me let me see if it's it's worth continuing to build. As you build you can renovate. The moment you decide that you're not good enough to finish what you're building is the moment you fail. So you need to keep building. And I tell people that it's just like this, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Marvel cinema, the cinematic experience, you know, from one hero to another hero. You see the origin story of heroes and you realize at the moment the origin stories start, they don't know how to control their powers. So the skills and talents you have learned, at the beginning, it might not look like much. It might look like you are just, you know, 
going through what some people might call an imposter syndrome, you know, where you're questioning yourself whether you actually fit into this role or you're capable of this. But I tell you for a fact, if you stay the cause and you learn, you practice, you will learn to understand how your superpower works. Just like we see in those origin stories, there is a mentor, there is a challenging situation where you, you, you garner experience and you also come to a point where you own your superpower. So translating it to my advice to my younger self, grow your skills, never stop building yourself, never stop developing yourself and keep moving because the more consistent you are, the easier it becomes to grow. The mistake a lot of people make is taking a moment to, you know, they say they want to take a breather. You are on a marathon. You don't take a breather. If you are jogging and you're running tired, then keep sprinting little by little. But you you don't stop moving. You have to keep moving. That's the only way you can ensure growth. Growth doesn't come by relaxing or, you know, trying to decide whether or not it is what. To continue moving you have to keep moving and as you move you can renovate you can innovate new ideas it gets easier along the way you 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 become used to this hustle and bustle of knowing how to navigate the uncertainties of the times never stop building that's my advice to my younger self I think it's wonderful advice, Joshua, and I must say that any answer that can manage to combine an analogy of marathon running and the Marvel Cinematic Universe definitely gets the thumbs up from me. So very insightful <laughs> and relatable, I think. Um, as a final question, Joshua, you, you you touched upon the idea of, you know, skill generation and so on. You know, what are the traits and the skill sets that you attribute much of your success and entrepreneurial spirit and uh, and growth to? What is it that other young Nigerians that are thinking of doing their own thing, going along or building a business absolutely need to develop, in your opinion? Thank you so much, Tom. So the first thing I, I need to make very clear is the team is the most important of everything you're doing. The team is the most important organ of any organization. You don't joke with teamwork. I started out as a partnership because I value teamwork. I'm very sure if I had started Allen and Brooks as my own business alone, I might not have come this far. But just deciding to realize that I have a partner that I can trust and we, the both of us, decide to go on this journey speaks to growth speaks to teamwork, speaks to camaraderie. So the team must always come first because if you do not appreciate the people of the organization, you would limit the potential of any organization. That is the first thing I must make clear. The team is important. Now, traits that I do not take lightly is grit. Grit is very important. When we talk about grit, we talk about tenacity, we talk about consistency. You can't, just like I said earlier, you have to keep moving. Greet. It gets so tough sometimes with the economic crisis we're dealing with as, as, as a whole world. And now to even come to the Nigerian economy itself. It's only people who have greet that would wake up the next morning and say, it's time to go on. It's a new day. Let's keep pushing. Faith. I don't joke with the place of faith. You have to have faith in what you're doing. You have to believe that you will succeed. You have to have that hope 
and desire to give it your best. So be, be, be believe in what you're doing because if there is no faith in what you're doing, then there's going to be a problem. You have to you have to have that purpose, that desire. There has to be a purpose to why you're doing it. You don't just wake up in the morning and work. With faith comes purpose. So you must be purposeful about it. And confidence. I've come to realize that confidence is a skill, not just a trait. It's also a skill because you learn confidence. You don't just have it in you. A lot of people don't just wake up being confident. You learn it. So it's a skill that most people need to learn. You need to wake up and be able to walk into any room and believe that you deserve to be in that room. You give it your best and you carry your head up eye and realize that you have value to offer the world. If you're not confident about what you have to offer, it's going to be difficult convincing any other person to believe in you. If there's anything I've learned over the last two years, any lawyer, young business professional needs to know people will first buy into you before they buy into your product, whether it's a service or a good. So if you're not confident about who you are, you can't even convince the next person to try out what you're offering. And those are the few skills and traits that I owe there. And I impact it even into the team at Allen and Bruce. Joshua, I think fantastic advice and very wise words that any young aspiring law firm owner or business owner across the continent would be wise to take on board. Very, very uplifting indeed. So thank you for those thoughts and for answering all of my other questions today. And I'm sorry to say that that does bring us to time, but it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. And also, as always, a very big thank you to the listeners of the Africa Legal Podcast if you are new to the podcast, you can find us on all podcast platforms, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and peruse our entire back catalogue of hours and hours of top conversations with leading lawyers across the African continent and beyond. So without further ado, this has been Tom and Joshua, and you have been listening to the Africa Legal Podcast. <laughs>